people p p how you feeling today i'm feeling strong today <laughs> ah i'm stronger thank you all for tuning <laughs> in to another episode of soul affirmations with felicia and kariga with kariga and felicia and most importantly you the listeners on the black love podcast network yes yes i, I want to ask you what song were are you singing just uh Oh, he put me through. Never would have made it. Oh, okay. Okay. Never would have made it. Well, okay. That's very fitting. (laughs) Um, I have an affirmation, Felicia, I'd like to share today. And you know, I'd love to hear it. Okay. We're going to read from page 50 of the text, a toolkit for reflection and manifesting light within. Okay. Page 50 reads, I can grow from difficult experiences. Hmm. Challenges reveal new layers of my gifting. I celebrate my breakthroughs and I acknowledge my growth areas. Man. I can grow from difficult experiences. Challenges reveal new layers of my gifting. I celebrate my breakthroughs and acknowledge my growth areas. That's Mm. okay. I'll take a deep breath on it. That's such a mature affirmation. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. That is such a mature perspective. Well, you know, I don't want to make every obstacle or challenge a measure of being strong or getting stronger. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're just going through it and it doesn't feel like you're gaining any strength, right? Mm. It's just, it's really just happening and you're trying to get a grip on it. Yeah. But I think in this case, Having a habit of mind that allows me to know that even when I'm experiencing challenges or adversity, my response doesn't have to be strength immediately. Mm. But I do know that it will shape me for the better. Hmm. That is, whenever it is behind me, I will have grown from what I've experienced. It will be evidence of another challenge that did not wipe me out. It becomes information in which I build my perspective and character on because it's behind me and it may not render strength right away, or I may not perceive what I'm experiencing as strength right away. Right. But it is shaping me. And I say that it's such a mature perspective to have because it requires one to know that this too shall pass. But when you are knee deep in a challenge, whatever that challenge may be, whether it is grief um, or sickness, illness, it can be so incredibly difficult to see beyond the present circumstance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is true. I want to um, contextualize this affirmation this episode this reality for our listeners okay Uh, felicia kamali and i 
are just coming out of a COVID experience. <sighs> and I want to name experience as the language I use because um, that was the language I used the entire time. So I've seen language, as we all have, through the years, through the pandemic, that I also want to acknowledge that like we're still in because I saw the mandates for masks coming back to places where uh, we were able to frequent without Man, masks. Right? They're back. And I appreciate those mandates, those policies, insofar as we're just coming out of an experience with COVID. And I use the language experience and I use it the entire time because I know that words have power. And I never wanted to put the language on as battling or fighting mm. our bodies are so sophisticated they were doing the fighting for us mm-hmm. our job was to rest mm-hmm. but even that was incredibly complicated and challenging and could not follow the rest mandates or requirements mm-hmm. I say experiencing because it was truly an experience mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And that experience shaped me around connectedness, around empathy, and having a better understanding of what some folks may have experienced uh, in the mid-pandemic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just want to frame for the listener really quickly. Felicia Kamali and I all experienced COVID at the same time. And... According to my memory, it hit me hard and first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one of the immediate things I did as I was sweating profusely and shivering and, you know, experiencing vomiting and those things, I thanked my body. Mm. I thanked my body for fighting for me. Mm-hmm. I thanked my body for being a first line of defense mm-hmm. for my psyche. And I think I learned how to thank my body from watching your experience with grief in your body. Mm. And I thought it was critically important that early in the experience, I thanked my body. Mm-hmm. I also thanked God for giving me the faculties, the habits of mind to know how to respond this way, that wisdom, but that wisdom came from previous challenges. And so the unique thing is we got a call saying we might've been exposed. And so we tested immediately after the call. Mm -hmm. This was on a Saturday. We were exposed on a Thursday. So Saturday evening, we were all still negative, but leading into Sunday morning around 4.30 AM is when my symptoms began. And I actually thought I was dreaming because mm-hmm. I, I remember I had to use the bathroom and sometimes I don't get up immediately. I make sure that Kamali is deep in her rest before I get out of bed because she can hear all these things. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to check my nanit to see if she was sleeping. Mm-hmm. She was sleeping and I got out of bed and I was still shaking. And I was confused that I was still shaking. And when my legs hit the ground, they did not feel strong. Mm. 
And I was immediately concerned. I used the bathroom and then, yeah, everything just started. Mm-hmm. So Felicia, she her first gesture was to take care of me and then test herself. And we were all positive around the same time. Sunday being my hardest day. Well, the first day was just, was wrecking. Mm-hmm. But something happened on Monday that transformed my response to the virus, my response to my family. It was when Kamali symptoms kicked in. Mm. Yeah. And how incredibly scary that was. Mm-hmm. A one-year-old who can't articulate what they're feeling, how they're feeling. And won't allow us to give her medicine was incredibly nerve wracking. Mm -hmm. And you hear so many things about the virus and how it presents and the challenges it presents. So if I was going through what my body remembers, what I remember, I was just so concerned for what she was experiencing. She doesn't know how to say I'm experiencing body aches. But her fever was well over 104, and it was just really scary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In this time, Felicia is responding with first care, trying to give her medicine. But I don't know if you all know or if you have these experiences, but one-year-olds, they don't take oral medicine very well at all. Not many. Some do. Some do. I know two toddlers <laughs> that, do, that enjoy it. But it was really challenging in that regard. And I remember calling Lauren to talk about my experience. And she was sharing her experience. And something that really transformed for me in that process was responding to our needs as a family. So one of the main things they say you need um, to fight COVID is rest. But Felicia nor I could rest the way we were prescribed to because of the challenges of a one-year-old experiencing COVID and responding to her needs. So there was a time that I recall Felicia and I would take shifts trying to get rest. But imagine your body going through the toughest of symptoms, the deepest of body aches, the nausea, somewhat of a fever, but it's your turn to be up. This was so complicated. Body is absolutely fatigued, but in hopes for your partner to get better, you're allowing them to rest. Although you want to rest during that shift, but there is no rest for you as you are attending to the needs of your child. This type of fatigue just really puts you in a new space of your humanity. Mm. You want rest. You know you need rest, but it isn't. It isn't your turn. And in this time, I remember an experience where Kamali was so gracious with me. Mm. And it brought tears to my eyes that she could work within the function of the family and be so gracious, even in her experience with COVID. And I was sharing with Lauren, I said, this put me in a new realm of thanks. So. We take it for a year. After experiencing loss, 
I was hyper ready to care for Kamali. I was hyper ready to be her father, to be a husband to Felicia. So in the first year's time, I mean, I just did what I'm supposed to do and more. Meeting Kamali's needs, meeting the family's needs, taking care of Felicia early after delivery, taking care of Kamali in the first you know, few months of her life and just learning what that system was going to be and taking care of her. But this is for the first time that I can recall I was not able to give her what she needed. Mm. And it tore me up. Mm. But she still loved me. And she loved me deeply. And I couldn't comprehend this love. I couldn't comprehend that there were things I knew I needed to do for her and could not do for her. And she still loved me deeply. And it perplexed me for days to come. That what I imagined parenthood to be of being able to do being able to provide, being present. That's how I defined my role. That's how I played my role. For the first time, there was a deficit in what I was able to do for her. And she was so loving as a response. It transformed our bond. And it also transformed my identity as a parent. Mm. I started to think of the days or the times in her life where I may not be able to respond in full capacity. So my idea of parenthood shift during experiencing COVID. Hmm. I went from my identity and my role being caretaker, uh, provider, nurturer, being present, to recognizing there were things that I couldn't do. And I have not experienced that part of parenthood yet. Wow. Not being able to respond to all my child's needs. And I know that this is part of the experience as they grow. Mm. But I had not yet been there. So it tore me up trying to wrap my head around the capacity of her love. I just, I felt so not undeserving. I just could not comprehend her love for us it was clear that dad was not his normal self. I didn't have my strength. We couldn't play. I was lethargic, just there, really just trying to supervise her. So when her fever broke and her energy returned, but mine did not and yours did not, Kamali did something that I've never seen. She had this wisdom to her this empathy to her as almost she could see that her parents were not fully able to be the versions of themselves they imagined. And she filled the gap. And it just brought me to reflection and it brought me to prayer and it brought me to a deep place of gratitude. And now I have the wisdom that there may be times where I'm not able to meet her needs. I don't want that day to come any sooner than it does. But in the event, I'm not able. Her love makes me able. Mm. It gives me the room I need to gather, to pivot, 
to reframe. I recall an experience where Felicia was nursing Kamali. Felicia was experiencing a fever and no appetite. And I deeply admired her love for Kamali to nurse without being able to generate nutrients for herself. She couldn't eat. She had a fever. And yet still, she's still still taking care of Kamali. And when I saw you do that, it, it really just transformed the parenting spectrum for me. Made me think about the parents who I've come across with. Who I know love their children deeply, but were not able to meet all of the needs of their children. Mm-hmm. And how humbling that experience is as a parent, realizing that I recognize there are things you need that I can't provide at this moment. I can't explain what it did to my heart. I can't explain what it did to my identity as a parent. Whereby as I've previously thought or defined my parenting experience around being present and providing what Kamali needs. This was my first time experiencing not being able to meet those needs. And it didn't make me any less of her parent. Wow. Wow. And that's true for so many. Mm-hmm. I thought about the housing insecurity, the wage insecurity that so many families experience because of COVID. Mm-hmm. I thought about the folks who were experiencing COVID and still trying to go work uh, out of fear of losing wages, out of fear of not being able to provide what their children need in material conditions. It really just presses upon your humanity. It tests every part of who you think you are. And that's not even the body aches. That's not even the the physical limitations. Your psyche, your emotions, your identity, the way you imagined or who you thought you were as a parent and this new version of yourself that you experience. So I just want to stand in that gap for so many of the parents who this pandemic put them in a space of vulnerability, not being able to do what they normally define as their role as a parent. Mm. And it doesn't make us any less of a parent. Mm-hmm. In fact, it, it, it's the more complete human experience of not being able to fix, do, right? Be present in the ways you imagine. So there was a grace that I had to extend myself in that time. Yeah. And Kamali did as well. And it was transforming. What a beautiful reflection of love <laughs> as informed by an experience with COVID. I had no clue. I haven't heard this at all in any 
reflection I've, I've heard from anyone who's experienced COVID. And I think I would dare to say, and I'll just speak for my own, my experience alone, in, in the middle of it, it's very difficult for me to see beyond what I'm experiencing. I remember that very first night when her fever started to grow Mm-hmm. and how concerned I was growing for it, mm-hmm. trying to make sure that I broke it and starting to feel like I'm not able to care for her. Mm-hmm. And because of the experience of loss in my life and that being um, a point in my cognitive processing, I quickly, quickly revert to what if I lose her? Mm-hmm. And it's immediate for me. Mm-hmm. And even though I know that it was an experience and I was expecting it to pass, I just didn't know how it would pass, how it would pass through us. And so I'm immediately, I, I jumped straight into my anxiety. You saw me, I had tears. I felt terrible. Like, mm-hmm. what can I do? I don't want to lose my baby. That's literally how I thought about it. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm just how quickly I think that can happen for someone in their process. But being able to understand that this is just a challenge right now in the moment and that there is an opportunity for it to teach me something that there, and not that we have to be strong, right? Like you said, it's not that we even have to look for it, but that life has already demonstrated that there are challenges that I'm able to to get through. Mm -hmm. So that is your evidence that this too shall pass. Yeah, but you you just don't know what side of the experience you'll be on. Right. Right. What makes my experience any different from the people, the hundreds of thousands of people who we know experienced it and did not, um, survive the way right, they, they right, desired. Right. So it's a combination of trying to remain hopeful, mm-hmm. but understanding that this thing has been largely indiscriminate mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in outcomes. Mm-hmm. We can talk about, you know, existing health conditions and the likes, but there has been anomalies across the board. Yep. And because we know what it is to have a one in whatever the odds are experience it. Right. It is challenging to train your mind. Very much so. But that is the portion in which I I refer to the affirmation. Right. I can grow from difficult experiences. Challenges reveal new layers of my gifting. So one of the gifts that I realized was my ability to separate my thinking from my experience. And I immediately began thanking yeah. my body. I immediately began thanking God for, for me having a body that was responding this way. My fever meant I was fighting. Right. And I got up when I could. It was, however, fatiguing and 
challenging differently when we were all experiencing symptoms at the same time. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I thanked my body during that time. I literally had no energy. And that's when Kamali's grace found me. Yeah. And it floored me because I couldn't do what I thought my job was. I had a moment where I thanked my body. And I suppose it comes from understanding, you know, based on my experience with loss and um, reconciling with my body after giving birth to Kamayu and Kamali. I really feel like that's where the reconciliation happened. Mm -hmm. um, recognizing like, okay, you're, you're about to do some serious work because that first day it was, it was you down. Mm -hmm. Me, not so much. I had more strength. It wasn't until that evening when the fever started to come in. Mm -hmm. So I had a whole day of drinking water nonstop and nursing Kamali and just making sure that I kept drinking the water. And I'm so glad that I did because what came next for me. And I had this, I, I was getting anxious that I might get dehydrated. That was my fear that I would get dehydrated and it would, it would put me in a position where I would have to go in to, to assist with hydration. Incredibly challenging. I actually can't even remember where I was going with that thought, but I, um, I, I vividly remember the anxiety that I felt around it. And I think that night is the night that I had to thank my body for how it was doing its job, how it was showing up for Kamali while trying to show up for myself. I remember. I remember that that moment you speak of. And I also remember being challenged in the capacity of watching you experience the anxiety and me knowing that it isn't helping produce results that are favorable for the family, mm -hmm. but they are your rightful experience. So trying to find room to let you experience it how you were while still trying to be a part of the team experience that says what is best for the family and the worry wasn't helping. Not that the worry makes it. It, it doesn't mean that like, oh, because I think this thing, this is happening Right. I'm saying that the worry is interrupting real-time response, right? Mm -hmm. Real-time uh, care. And that was a challenge, but I also knew that the difference didn't mean deficit. <laughs> so let you have your experience and your instinct as a mother will do what is necessary for you and Kamali. I also remember feeling really, really challenged by other um, demands of me outside of the home. All of soul development experienced COVID at the same time. That's right. And we were scheduled for a show. Yeah. And I had to call the promoter and say, hey, we are unable to make it. And that was one of the first experience with grace that I received. Mm. Her response was supernatural. Mm. 
She immediately relieved me of any stress or any anxiety uh, connected to having to do the show. Mm-hmm. They'd already paid a deposit and redirected all of my ability, energy, strength to my family. She gave me that, that permission, that power, that reminder that I needed mm. to take care of the family. And once that was communicated, it gave me, it's like I could close a file that was like pending in my head, requiring energy. And I could use that energy on my body. Mm. And then I can transfer whatever energy I had uh, to serve my family. Mm-hmm. Whether that is finding a way to give Kamali the medicine, whether that is rubbing you down with home remedy. Mm-hmm. I served when I could, as immediate as I could, while still experiencing severe symptoms myself, body aches like I've never experienced. But this part of life that we're all experiencing, the pandemic, and whether you experience COVID or someone in your family directly experienced COVID, I can't tell anybody what the rightful thing to do is. Folks have their own experiences, remedies, family wisdom, ancestral wisdom, medicine, how they want to fight. But I can say this for all of humanity. There is a level of grace that we all must extend to ourselves. It helps our bodies. It helps us respond. The grace creates room to be grateful that your body is responding. Hard to be grateful. I know the outcomes are so varying for so many different families. But this is for the listener. That is, if you're still here. (laughs) I extend to you a grace especially for those who had trouble extending it to themselves, Mm. especially for those who were experiencing wage insecurity or housing insecurity, Mm -hmm. especially for the couples that had so much stress between providing for the children and the homeschooling or the distance learning. Mm Mm-hmm. And the work obligations and the employers and the bills and the mortgage. Mm -hmm. All of those things that are, that don't aid in our material wellness immediately. I extend to you a deep love. There are folks who are still working their way through it. Who might be experiencing it now. And if you happen to have this episode in your reach or in a listen, our children have wisdom. Hmm. And they are watching and they are loving us the best way they know how. For some people, they experience their children stepping up in major ways. And for other people, they experience their child changing or looks like they're changing or experiencing more stress or anxiety. But your child is loving the best way they know how. And affirm them Hmm. and thank them. And it can transform your experience as well. Now that I'm on this side 
of the experience and we have all come through it and we all have negative results. Um, there is a positive impact in grace. And I encourage you to have the courage to stand in that grace. It doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make you deficient. It is the power that we all need. And now that we are negative, the light must continue. Mm. Right? The loving, the gentleness, the teaching, the learning. I look forward to coming back into public space. I look forward to wearing my mask in the grocery store, <laughs> on the coffee run, wherever they need us to wear a mask. I appreciate it. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Fee, I celebrate you in all the ways your body responded, in all the ways you took care of yourself and Kamali and me, and the ways we took care of each other, and the way that Kamali gave us grace when we weren't able. Mm -hmm. This family experience certainly grew me. This challenge certainly revealed new layers of my gifting. Mm. And being able to extend grace is truly a superpower. And I'm grateful for it. Mm. I'm also grateful that we'll be back outside <laughs> with our community. Yeah, uh, You can actually... Catch us this upcoming weekend. We have the premiere of Black Daddy the movie. Yeah. Father's Day is approaching. Yeah. I feel more human in my fatherhood uh, and less superhero like. Yeah. The humanity of it is the beauty of it and helps you respond in real time. So we will be at Regal Cinema. Jack London Square, Oakland, California, June 19th, 6 p.m. Mm -hmm. We'll be at the theater premiering the film Black Daddy the Movie with Dame Drummer, mm -hmm. Salvatore, amazing work. We'll also be performing at the New Parish mm -hmm. in Oakland. This is June 18th. Mm -hmm. Doors open at 6 p.m. Mm -hmm. You can catch myself and so Lauren mm -hmm. performing along Grand National for the Juneteenth Festival at New Parish. So I'm grateful that my body allowed me to experience that and still rise. So I look forward to you all joining us as well. We thank you for being with us and being patient with us. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you to the community. Mm. Um, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Soul Affirmations with Felicia and Kariga and you, the listener on the Black Love Podcast Network. Massive love to our executive producers, Cody and Tommy Oliver. Thank you to our producer, Crystal Hill, and the families that lend us to this work. There has to be a deep grace in this period, and I'm standing in it. Peace. <laughs>